Alrighty, so let's get started. And if people hop on later, we can definitely fill them in if they have any questions. Um, so my name is Kelsey. I, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about the history of photography. Photography was um, and is a beautiful art form, which I personally fell in love with at a really young age um, when I first started realizing that um, I could go through photos of my family and I could flip through magazines. And I, it was just a passion of mine um, and still is to this day. Um, today, we're briefly going to talk about the history of photography and the importance of photography. Um, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to chime in. Uh, you can use the chat um, and you can definitely ask questions at the end. So history of photography. We're going to talk about why we need photography. What's photography's history? How does um, the modern camera work, which is really, really cool. How can we take professional looking photographs even at a young age? No one's too young to be a photographer. Can everyone be, everyone be a good photographer? And how can photography, photography be fun? So why? People take pictures for many different reasons. They like to capture moments in their lives and they also like to document practical reasons like for newspapers. Taking pictures may be an art form, a family hobby, or a historical responsibility to help us document things that are happening today so people can remember it. Also, looking at pictures puts us in touch with our past and it helps us stay informed with news and helps us appreciate a different form of art like painting or drawing. Photography is a form of art. So, art. We all have seen food photography. We've seen pictures of flowers, pictures of nature. Um, who's seen something similar to one of these pictures? You guys can just raise your hand on the camera. Have you seen a beautiful food photograph that you've loved? They, those pancakes look delicious. Oh, also, there can be um, like on the top right, like the hand, that's something that was take with the, taken with a digital camera and then someone layers it and they use something called Photoshop and they make, uh, they take photographs and layer them and make them look really, really cool. So that's how photography can be kind of like an art. Photography helping us build family albums. So it helps people take portraits. Um, it helps them document their lineage and their past. They can see people that have hundreds of years maybe older than them that were in their family. Um, and then also people can take just casual pictures, right? Like, does everyone take pictures like selfies and stuff with their parents' cell phones? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just helps us document, you know, our families, our day-to-day -day life, and it helps us kind of create a history for ourselves um, and for those that follow. And then also photography is really important um, to help us document the news and history, right? Like, so today is Martin Luther King Day, right? We can look back on images from that era um, because of photographs. Um, we can look at images of the soldiers coming back from war, or we can look at images like space shuttles going into space or the Olympics. Um, those are all great things that sometimes you might not be there for the event, but since we had photographs of it, we can always relive it and we can always, um, we can always remember those memories or we can celebrate those good times that photographs helps, helped us capture. So 
we're going to do a very, very brief history of photography. And if anyone has questions about it, um, definitely just type it in the chat or just try to jot it down and let me know at the end because there is a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff about photography. So photography, the word photography comes from two Greek words, which means writing with light. And if you look at the first date, the first, first, first camera um, was invented in 1021, the year 1021. That's the first record of someone having built something like a camera. Um, and then as the years progressed around 1826, that's when the first photograph was ever taken. So it took them a lot of years to actually be able to develop something that could take a picture. And then it brings us all the way up to the year 2000. And that's when the first camera phone was ever made. Were any of you guys alive in the year 2000? No. <laughs> for you guys, it seems like a long time ago. But for us grownups, it's not that far ago that they just came out with phones. And most of us grownups and most of your parents grew up, didn't, we didn't grow up with phones and we didn't have iPhones and things that we could take pictures on. So it's still kind of a new thing for um, us to have, us be able to take pictures just with their phones and with little cameras. They used to be big clunky things that we had to use wagons to carry around. And if you can imagine putting your cell phone on a wagon every time you wanted to go somewhere and take a picture, that's a big task. So the Chinese were the first to write about something called a pinhole camera, which is a camera obscura. And that was in the year 470 BC. Camera obscura also means dark room. So in 1500s, many artists, uh, they used the camera obscura to project something on the wall so they could outline it and then they could draw it and paint it. Has anyone done that in school where they've made, uh, they've taken a piece of paper on the window and they've traced something? It's, some, it's similar to that where you put the, the paper up to the light or up to a window and then you can trace something. So we're gonna watch a quick video that kind of shows you in more detail how that works. And then um, kind of a fun project that you might be able to do at home really easily. So the camera obscura so is basically just a darkened room. Any kind of room can become a camera obscura, even a small box. First, we have to make sure our box is completely dark inside. Then we'll cut a small opening to allow light to come in. We can put our camera obscura in the landscape. Rays of light reflect off objects in the landscape and bounce off in all directions. Most of the light will be scattered, but some will make it through the opening in our camera obscura. The reflected light will be the same color as the object in the landscape. Light reflects off other objects too. All of the spots of light combine to form an image on the back of the camera obscura. If the opening in the camera is large, the rays of light are large. This makes a bright projection because a lot of light is allowed in but it also makes a blurry picture because the projections are large and overlap quite a lot. If the opening in the camera is small, the rays of light are small. It makes a darker picture because less light is allowed into the camera. It also makes a sharper picture because the projections are smaller and do not overlap as much. You'll notice that the projection is always upside down and backwards. 
This is because light travels in a straight line. Now it's your turn. Try making a camera obscure at home. You can use a cardboard box, or you can darken a room in your house. Simply cut an opening to allow light to come in and enjoy the projection. So that is an example of them taking a box. They just take a cardboard box, put a little hole in it, and then they let the light come in. So who thinks that you can do that with a room? You can do it really big. Do you think I could? you can produce a camera obscura like they did in a box in a bedroom? You think so? Bella? I think so too. I'm gonna show you guys something really cool. So this guy, he makes one of, of the city of New York. And I know some of you are from New York. Some of you have traveled to New York. Um, so he takes his whole bedroom and he turns it into a big camera. So we're gonna watch what that does. Photographer Abelardo Morel does some of his best work in the dark. Let's see how it works here using these techniques. Allow me to sneak up on the world with a surprising view of it. First, Morel and his team black out the windows with plastic and duct tape. We turn this room into essentially a giant camera. Oh, the, inside of the, camera. The, the inside of the camera. Then, when Morel cuts a hole in the plastic and puts a lens against the glass, something magical happens. The room's view is projected against the opposing wall, upside down, which Morel photographs. Well, you can sort of see oh, that the wow. image is naturally upside down. That's incredible. That's the way yeah. optics work. The technique is called camera obscura, Latin for darkened room. A thin ray of light streaming into a darkened space casts an upside down image. It's a basic principle of optics and it predates even photography. It's believed to have been used by Renaissance artists like Canaletto and Vermeer. Morel's photographs bring the outside in. Sometimes he flips the projections with a prism, making the images right side up. So I remember the first time I saw this in real life. I was with my sister and she was doing a photo project, so I was tagging along, and the photographer did this to his apartment. And I was just like, whoa, that is the coolest thing. You could see outside on the wall of his apartment inside. And from that day, I was just fascinated with photography and I just had to learn more and more and more. Um, so that's definitely something if you guys are interested in, I would look into it, watch some videos, and then maybe even try to make a camera obscure, it's called, or a pinhole camera, try to make one at home. All right. So, in the 1700s, um, they started making, they were able to make those cameras and portable. So they put, they figured out how to put glass in a box and you do the same effect. And that's when this French scientist, he was able to figure that out. Um, and he was able to take a photo like that one. It's not very clear, um, but you can kind of see some details and it took eight hours to take that one picture. Do you guys think you'd have the patience for eight hours to take one little picture? Um, and it's not even that clear. But the cool thing is, is that they were able to take that and start making it into something that we use today. So 
in about 1935, a man named um, Lewis, he developed an even quicker process where he took copper and um, silver and he was able to make pictures like the one right there and that's him as well. And they called it a daguerreotype. So instead of taking eight hours, it only took maybe about an hour, which is really better because that's, that means you can take seven more pictures in that same amount of time. And with that, they were able to develop um, the daguerreotypes. And this is one of the first pictures as well. So it's, it's a lot better than that first picture, right? It's not as clear as pictures that we're used to today, um, but it's, they were still able to um, put it on paper or put it on a piece of copper, which um, is a great improvement. So over time, we're gonna fast forward really, really quickly because there's a lot of things that go on, which are sometimes interesting, sometimes not, but what we're really interested in is digital, right? So over time, they were able to develop chemicals and they were able to capture the images on metal, then on paper, then on film. Does anyone know what film is? Oh, there you go, Bella, yeah, film. So, and Kylie, yeah, so film, um, you might have seen sometimes they're larger, but they're kind of brown. Um, they're kind of like, like a um, plasticky a little bit, um, and then all the way up to digital. So they were able to take those beginning concepts and now to what we do today. So we, a lot of us just use digital cameras or our phones and we put it on computers and we're able to do that. But if you take a quick look at all of the cameras over time, kind of how they've changed um, over time, it's pretty cool to see. Um, and it's pretty cool to have a collection of them. And I have a lot of the cameras that are on this screen, I actually have, which, or I've used in the past, which is really fun. So the modern camera. This is kind of a quick diagram of what we are used to seeing today, right? So we've all seen the little button on a camera, on a digital camera that has the little shutter button that makes it go click. Um, there's a little viewfinder, right, that we put our eye in and we can look into. Um, there's a lens on the front. Uh, there's batteries, whether it's batteries you put in or batteries that you plug in. Um, sometimes there's a flash. Right, so if it's really dark, we can use a flash that will help us um, kind of see a little bit more. Um, and then on the right, you can kind of see the, them taking a picture of the dog, right? So that's kind of where the camera would be. And then the dog, just like the camera obscure, is actually upside down in the camera as well. So that shows us just like they did, it's still the same basic concepts. They just aren't able to make it into a digital form and it doesn't have to be on a big piece of clunky metal. So we're gonna watch a quick video on digital because that's the exciting thing. And they're gonna kind of show us really quickly how digital cameras work, which is really, really cool. Um, and then we'll stop to see if you guys have any questions about this part. Digital cameras, we use them every day. They're in our pockets, on our phones, but do we actually know how they work? How does a digital camera take this and make it this? Oh. Hey, where did, are you my expert? Actually, I am Tom O'Brien, the photo engineer for National Geographic Magazine. So you're like the perfect person to explain how all these cameras work. Well, I don't know about perfect, but let's take a look at this camera. When you press the shutter button, the shutter opens, allowing the light to stream through the aperture of the camera's lens to the camera's eye. So when I hit the shutter button, it's like pulling back a curtain to let the light come in and hit the eye? Yes, but only for a small amount of time. The camera only needs a little bit of light to capture a moment. But how does it record the image? The camera's eye, or sensor as we call it, perceives the light as electrical signals. To demonstrate this, let's take a photo. All right, I got this. Selfie! Cute! 
Indeed. Now, this is what your camera first saw. Whoa. These are the electrical inputs of the light. Oh, like pixels in a video game? Yes. That's your camera's electrical signal of the incoming light. After your camera collects the signal, encodes it all as data. Like computer data. Yes, this carries the measurements of each pixel, every pixel's color and brightness. So the more pixels a camera renders from light, the more detail in the photo. Totally. We call this detail resolution. However, when a subject moves too quickly for the camera shutter, it can appear blurry in the photo. Huh, let's try this. Yeah, let's. Okay. Huh, definitely blurry. Maybe increase the shutter speed this time. Ready? Yes. Much better. Tom? So, that kind of shows how the digital camera works. So it, it's the same concept as the big dark room, but the only difference is, is that now they have uh, a sensor that takes in the light and kind of turns it into computer colors where the computer can recognize where those colors go. So does anyone have any questions so far, maybe on digital cameras or how the shutter works or anything? You can go ahead. Mm -hmm. You can unmute and you can ask. How do they work? How do they work? So you have the camera and there's a lens, right? And so if I was taking a picture of you, I'd have my camera in front of me and there'd be a lens and I would hit click and that just like a curtain, it would go up and down, right? So the light would come quick, quick and it would go it only let a little bit of light into my camera. And that light is enough to show, just like you remember the, the room that had the city? Imagine if that room, the back wall was a camera chip and it kind of put all of that light onto the camera chip and that's it. It's actually very, very simple. Yes, Kylie. What's the resolution? So the resolution, like she said, is all those little pixels, right? Do you, you remember seeing the screen? I'll kind of, let me see how she has it like this. So each little square is a color and it all turns into this. So your computer just sees a whole bunch of little dots. And the more dots that are in that picture, the sharper and the better your resolution is. So the less you have, the more blurry. So have you ever taken like a photo um, with your camera, but it's not necessary, it's like, it looks like it should be clear, but it's like kind of blurry because it doesn't seem like everything kind of blends together. It's not sharp. Yeah. Does that make sense? So sometimes when it's not sharp, it just means it doesn't have enough dots and enough information to make it clear. So you have to have a thousands and thousands of little dots like this to make it sharp. So there's a difference between if you have a little square and it only has nine little dots, or if this little square had a thousand dots, which one would be more sharp, do you think? The one with 10, 10 dots or the one with a thousand dots? The one with a thousand dots. The one with a thousand dots, right? The more dots you have is the more information you have. And the more information you have, the better quality of the picture. Does that make sense? Okay, Bella, one more question. I have a camera. You do? I can't wait. You should try to use some of these tricks that I teach, and then maybe we can see some pictures, okay? Perfect. All right, we're going to move on. 
So how to take professional looking photographs. And like I said at the beginning, everyone can take photographs. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. Everyone can make a beautiful picture. My first suggestion would be make sure you know what camera you're using. So learn about it, learn the settings, learn, play around with it, take different shots, learn how to take shots in the dark, take shots out in the bright sun, take shots in natural lighting, take shots with maybe sometimes kitchen lights aren't as pretty, but you can see what that does. So learn your camera, even if it's just your phone, learn what, where your phone or your camera takes better pictures. Number two, take time to position your subject. So look through the little viewfinder, the little square, or if you're using a phone, just the screen, but look through the square and take your time, move it around, frame it, make sure everything that you want in your picture is in your little viewfinder. That also means you don't always have to have your subject or your person or your tree or whatever you're taking a picture of right in the middle, right? You could sometimes have it off to the side or you could sometimes have it over here or on the left or on the right. So play around with that. Does anyone know what that means? Positioning or what another word would be for positioning the subject in your picture? Adeline? Um, where you like put it in different angles to see how um, it will look in different yeah. ways. So it's, your comp it's composition, right? So you play with the composition of it. Maybe you want, if you're taking a picture of the beach, that's the sky and the water and the sand. Maybe you want more sky in your picture or maybe you want more sand in your picture. So you play around with the angles and how um, they look in your viewfinder before you take your picture. And then my next suggestion would be to focus your camera. So many, many, many cameras that we use will have an auto focus feature. Um, but sometimes it takes a second for it to actually lock on. So I don't know if you've ever used a camera and you've pressed it and it goes zzz, 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 and it's trying to find something maybe close to you or far away from you to focus on. Give it some time. You want to make sure just like you you look through your view cam your viewfinder to make sure you positioned right. So you want to make sure you take your time to make sure you focus right. So you, sometimes you want to have the person if you're taking a portrait of a picture, you want the person in focus, but the background blurry, right? I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of that or vice versa. Maybe you have something close to you that's a little blurry and the background is in focus. So you can play around with that. So just take your time with focusing. And then my last suggestion is when you take your picture, keep your hands steady, press your shutter, but then stay steady. Because sometimes depending on just like when the guy was running, he was sharp or he was blurry, Sometimes it takes your camera a little longer to go up and down. So you don't want to move your camera anyway because you don't want it to shake it. And just like Adeline said, use different angles and take multiple pictures. Don't worry, especially with digital cameras now, we're not worried about film or running out or having to get developed. Take multiple pictures. Just like if you're taking pictures of a model or something, they can do different poses. Or if you're taking a picture of flower, you can move around. So then when you go look through your photos, you have options. It's better to maybe have 10 to 15 different options than just one. Because what if you're taking a picture of a person and that one picture you took, they're blinking. Oh no. Yes, Bella?
Um, then you would try again? Yeah, you can try again for sure. But sometimes if you might not have an opportunity. So if you're doing a shoot and you're taking all these pictures, you wanna take as many pictures as you can at that time because it might not ever happen again or you might not be able to get that look again or the sun might move in a different way. Um, so I would just always recommend if you can take as many pictures from at different angles and try different things um, as you're taking your pictures. So everyone can be a photographer and I would just suggest make it fun, right? We can, you can go outside and you can take nature photographs or if you go on vacation um, or even a walk, you can take pictures of the trees or the people passing by or the water. Um, if you have animals, it's always really fun. You can take pictures of your pets or your siblings. You can do little photo shoots like that. Um, and one of my favorite and one of the easiest for me, especially, um, take pictures of your food. Food is always really pretty, right? Just like those pancakes at the beginning. Um, you can document that. That's something to, you can play around. Even in this picture, they have their food in the, it's not in the center, right? It's a little off. Then they have their drawing and then they have their spoon. They kind of played around with it to make it interesting. And even when you're setting some, doing something so simple, you can always make it super, super interesting just by playing around with it. So I would just say, be creative. It's okay to be a little unusual and make unique different pictures because everyone sees the world a little differently. Everyone's eyes see something different. And I could take the same picture of something as someone else and they can look totally different just because we see the world through different eyes. And that's what makes photography so amazing is that there's so many people with cameras and the ability to do so and everyone can be a beautiful photographer if they just play around with it and if they actually just take the picture. So I wanna say thank you. That's all I have to say. This is me with a, one of those big cameras um, back in the day and it's really fun. The film was usually about this, it's about this big. It's like as big as my face would be the, the film. So you can make these pictures really, really big. Um, so that's it, that's all I have for you guys. Do you guys have any questions? Or what, what are your favorite things to take for photos of? Bella? I have a film right here. Oh, nice. What's, what's your favorite uh, thing to take photos of? Um, probably people. People. I love portrait photography because you can do it in a studio with lights and backdrops and costumes and makeup and all that. Or you could just do casual everyday documentary photography. You could walk around and you can just take in the world around you. Um, and that's one of my favorite things is I love traveling and I love seeing new people and meeting new people and just documenting the world around me casually um, without having to set up anything, just a natural documentation. Courtney? I like taking pictures of my family. Oh yeah. That's a great one too, because that helps you document, right? And I love it because you can always go back, whether it's on digitally on a screen or if you print them out 
or back in the day when we had to print everything out, you can go back and you can look through all of those pictures, right? You can see what, you can see pictures of when you were a baby, right, Courtney? And you can see pictures of your mom and your other family members, um, even people that you haven't met. And that's the beauty of photography. Adeline? Um, I like to like take pictures of like nature that like flowers. Mm -hmm. Flowers are really great if you want to try. And the great thing about flowers is that you can play with the focus. You can kind of have the, the flowers like this, where you have one in focus and the other ones fall out, right? Or we can do, um, I believe this one as well, you can get a little closer up and everything in the background is blurry and just those flowers in the front are really sharp. Um, I love nature photography. Kylie? I like to take pictures of the things around us. Like sometimes I take pictures of rushes that are outside or sometimes animals and stuff. Yeah. Nature photography is fun. Animals are great, but you got to be quick with animals because what do they do sometimes? They, they run, run away, away really fast, <laughs> which can be the beauty of it, though, which could be the beauty of it. Anyone else would like to share what they like to either take photographs of or they like to look at photographs of? Me. Yes. What would you what do you like? So stuff that I like to take pictures of is, well, nature. Um, uh, stuff that like happens in my in my everyday life. Um, I like to take pictures of food because I'm a real foodie. Yeah, same. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that that's great and it's great practice. Even if you don't leave your house, you can make a whole photo project right at your house, right? You don't have to leave. You can document your family. You can document your food. You can document what you do. I know some people every morning, the first thing they do, they'll take a picture out of their window. And the great thing about that is that throughout the year, it looks different, right? The light changes throughout the year. The sun comes up at different times. So the shadows are different. The morning glow is different. Um, so something simple like that, you guys can do every morning. You can take a picture while you're eating breakfast. And right here, I don't see your name, but you have the sweatshirt, your hand up. Yeah. <laughs> You can, what, what do you like to take pictures of? Well, I don't really take pictures a lot, but I like looking at pictures. I like looking at pictures of like and stuff. Of what? I'm sorry, I missed that. Of clothes and shoes. Oh, yeah. Like fashion? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great because without photography, you wouldn't be able to really see the history of fashion right and that's a great thing like fashion is always changing but sometimes you know old things come back into fashion and if we didn't have photography we wouldn't be able to see that progression and we wouldn't be able to see kind of the trends um we wouldn't be able to see you know what people in hollywood are, are wearing sometimes or um of what fashion designers are making if there was no photographs because we're not always at the fashion shows but we can always look through magazines now go online um, and see that. So no, fashion is very important and photography is really important in fashion. I Does anyone else want to share? Say that again. I prefer drawing pictures. Drawing pictures is great too. <laughs> I'm not good at drawing. So I had to, I had to find a different art that I was good at. 
but um, I do envy people that are good at drawing because I am not. <laughs> Anyone else want to share? I think that might be everybody. Yes, Bella, one last comment. And then if we have any other questions. I think you might be muted. I like to take pictures of like pets. Mm -hmm. Like cats and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Pets are, pets are great subjects um, because you can get them while they're sleeping, while they're eating. You could do a whole photo project just on your cat's day or life, life through the eyes of your cat, you know? And the great thing is you could get down low and you can kind of be at their level and you can show how, kind of how they see the world, which is always really great. So do we have any other questions um, about what we talked about or any questions about photography at all? Go ahead. How long have you been a photographer? Um, so, uh, ooh, I would say I really started liking photography when I was in fifth grade. Um, my sister was in like eighth and um, my dad always took pictures. So he had just boxes and boxes full of pictures and he had old cameras um, and he had like film and we had to get developed. Um, so I would say since I was about in fourth, fifth grade, um, that's when I really started liking having photographs. Um, and ever since then, I mean, I took photography classes and I traveled all through high school. Um, I went to college for photography. So I went to art school. Um, that's where in that last picture, I learned how to use view cameras um, and started learning digital. So um, I want to date myself and show you how old I am, but I would say a long time, pretty much my whole life. Uh, I've loved photography. It's been, and it's been a passion and it's a passion that you know, you can get into other things. So you can get into travel, you can get into nature. If you love nature, you can go on walks. You can, if you like food, you can try different types of food. Um, it's kind of endless. Well, your possibilities with photography. Any other questions? I do. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this might be like a, I don't know, like, a question that I can't really explain, but I'll try to. Okay. <laughs> so my question is, is photography hard based on like how your subject is or what your subject well is, I guess? Meaning like, do you, uh, is photography more difficult with certain subjects than others? Uh-huh. Like, so if we're taking a picture of an animal, will that be like difficult or easy? And if we're like taking a picture of a baby, will that be difficult or easy? So I would probably put those in the same category only because um, they move a lot. So they're not still, if that makes sense. So babies tend to roll or they're crying. So it might be harder to find like a, a, a moment where in the picture that you want, like if you want them to look calm, it might be a little harder. Um, as food doesn't move, right? So food is a little easier and you can play around with it. You can take your plate and move it around, right? To get it to the right angle. You might not be able to do that with an animal. Um, flowers, that might be okay. You might be able to take pictures of nature and flowers, but maybe a bee comes on the flower, right? And you wanna take a picture really quickly. Well, you have to kind of be ready because that bee might fly away in two seconds. Um, or to attack you. Say that again. 
or it probably will attack you. But it, it, <laughs> it might attack you. Um, so it all depends. I mean, it depends on what you like, but it also depends on how much patience you have, right? So you could, a lot of nature photographers, they go out in the morning early, early, early if they want to take pictures of birds. They might go out at five o'clock in the morning and just sit and wait. And they might have to wait and wait and just be quiet and still until their subject, whatever bird or whatever animal they want comes out. So it could be hours, but if you are patient and you really want that picture, you might sit there and wait for hours. Just like one of the founders of photography, he waited eight hours to take that picture of the table, right? So it just depends on how much time you're willing to put in. Um, but I wouldn't say, I mean, if you love it, there's no time is, is too much. Does that help? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Do we have any last questions at all? What are your favorite things to take pictures of? My favorite things? Um, I love to travel. So I love to go on trips and then I love to document those trips. So I love to go to, let's say, Italy. And I like to document the people walking down the streets and the foods that I'm, I eat there, um, the architecture. Um, I like to um, document those kind of things and kind of make a photo, like a story through photographs, so to speak. So if I show someone my set of images, it's a full story. They kind of can imagine what it's like to be there and be in the spirit of someplace that they might not have been. Um, so I would say my, my favorite type of photography would be like documentary photography for sure. Kylie? What camera is your favorite? Um, so that's tough. So I think that the one thing about photography is once you, just like a lot of things, once you get used to a camera, um, you tend to stick with it because every camera, it's like a computer almost has its own little um, drawbacks or pros or cons. So just like some people might uh, have a Mac computer and some people might have like a Samsung computer, you get used to those features. Um, so I, through college, you learn a lot. Like, so you learn, you use the big cameras, you lose little ones, you use plastic cameras, you use wooden cameras. Um, so you learn all of those and those are all great, um, but they're very expensive. And that's why people have started using digital because using those big cameras is really expensive because you have to have chemicals and film. Um, so my favorite camera is a Canon. I have a Canon 5D Mark II. Um, it has a nice lens on it. It's heavy um, and it's a digital camera. So my favorite is a Canon. Um, not to say that Nikon or Fuji or anything is, is not good. It's just, I'm used to Canon. So that's what I like to use. <laughs> what are the cameras you started off with? What are those cameras? Um, so I had, oh, I don't even know what it was. It was a Pentax metal camera. Don't even know the name because it was probably rubbed off. Um, and then for a long period of time, I actually used a camera called a Holga um, camera. And it's actually a, they consider it a toy camera. It's a plastic camera. Um, and you could probably get it for super cheap. I think it costs like $30 and it's plastic. Um, but the fun thing about it is it lets you, you can, 
it has no controls. So you get to play around with how much light goes in the camera and you get to play around with um, the composition and everything. It doesn't have as many buttons and all of that as a digital camera. Um, so I have to say for a while, it was kind of just that toy camera because it was very natural. They had very raw images. Um, it was nothing too clunky. I could throw it in my bag and, and go. Um, so I would say that was probably my first favorite camera, which is not a crazy camera, but it's a plastic little toy camera, but it made fun pictures. Yep, you have another one, another question. <laughs> what do you recommend me now? Here it is. What do you recommend using now? What do I recommend? Um, honestly, I would recommend whatever you have. So if you have an iPhone or a Samsung or any type of um, like smartphone, I would say start with that. I don't think that um, you need any crazy expensive camera to really get into photography. It's more about learning what you like, learning your subjects, learning how to um, compose images and how to put things into your frame. Um, so I would suggest whatever you have is, is great. I don't think there's there's no camera that's not good enough to, to start photography. So if all you have is a smartphone, I would say go for it. Um, of course, there's other expensive things, but I feel like if you're just trying to start off, um, use a, there's nothing wrong with a smartphone. All righty. I can take one more question. Any other questions? Perfect. Well, thank you guys. It was really fun. Um, hopefully we can do this sometime. And if any other questions come up, we can definitely try to answer those. Um, but I would just say, go ahead, get started. Even if it's just in your kitchen or you take pictures of your breakfast every morning or you take a picture out of your window or you do your, your siblings or food, um, start it. You never know because everyone everyone sees the world differently. Um, and that's the beauty of photography. So thank you, have a good evening and hope to see some of your pictures soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You're Bye. welcome. Sorry, <laughs> my camera went off. Bye. Hello, it was great. <laughs> Hi, Kelsey. Bye. <laughs> Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>